The following is a conversation. It has the features of any conversation, such as imperfectly expressed thoughts, ill-considered opinions, and the notions of several sleep-deprived brains. Try not to get your stethoscope in a twist about it. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Coat Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Shortcoat Podcast, the show that gives you an inside look at medical school from the students drinking from that fire hose, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. It's PA Week, Physician Assistant Week, as we record this. And help me celebrate with me today in the SCP studio some PA and MD students. Please welcome to the show PA2 and potential railway enthusiast Hannah Dabrowski. Thanks for having me. All about those planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. Also representing PAs this week, PA2 and, and perhaps a uh, furry fan, <laughs> Ariel Andalon. No comment. We've we've also got their colleagues, including a new co-host, M2, and, and, and possibly... Um, Star Trek fan fiction author Sophie Benegas Benegas? Benegas 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 <laughs> Yes I see usually I try to get your pronunciation I only right. share my fan fiction with my closest friend Alright well since <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce your name I don't get to read it <laughs> M2 and maybe member of the Society for Creative Anachronism Chandler Brown has joined us Yes I'm currently working on the definition for anachronism but you, that's, that's <laughs> like I mean you should know this as a, as a member but it's <laughs> people who do historical reenactments uh, you know medieval festivals and things yes. like that Oh that's actually me I'm not about the trains I'm, that's me Are you, Is that you? A <laughs> little bit Okay yeah. okay I love it M1 and creator of many of your favorite backronyms and al kilani is here hey, as well good job yeah hey y'all and m2 and perchance thomas the tank engine superfan shauna <laughs> liu is back on the mic absolutely i don't know if any of you are really fans of the pieces of culture i've mentioned but uh, what are you fans of We've got you know, a LARPer over here. We've got some Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering. Nice. Yeah, I think we jazz. just needed to switch around the labels a little bit because well, I am definitely a proponent of a national ra- railway system. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think there's a couple of us who may fall under the fan fiction label. <laughs> some of us more than the others. So what kind of fan in. fiction do those people who apparently shall be name be nameless? What kind do they read? No comment. <laughs> the good kind. Well, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> okay, I'll only speak for myself. With or without Harry Styles. Intergalactic, sapphic love stories, perhaps? Absolutely. No, the only kind. The only valid kind, at least. Any, any other fandoms we want to admit to? I'm a huge Swifty, but I know that some people uh, are like, well. mm-mm. So, oh. hey, yeah, yeah, right there with yeah. you. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. Point. Yeah. October 21st. Uh, new album. Nothing Wait, is it wrong. coming out soon? Soon. What? <gasps> New, yeah, October 21st, yeah. Midnight's album. Yeah, Ooh. I have an anatomy exam the next day, so I have to make a choice that night. <laughs> but we'll the choice see. is obvious. These are the hard yes. choices you it's make in med school. Yeah. They, yeah. they are, yeah. I'm pro Swift. I'm pro anything that's not studying most days. <laughs> <laughs> like sure. anachronism or yeah. whatever. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> LARPing, always. My personal area has evolved over the years. I'm now a uh, huge fan of fiber big fiber head shout into out the, to fiber into the fiber verse sponsor of today's it's changed podcast. my life now that i have my fiber sona fiber sona uh, it's just so freeing to be into fiber you know like i really feel like i really feel like it's it's who i am 
Do you have like your groove back now? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think we should talk after the show. Okay. I, think I need some pointers. All right. <laughs> free to be free. Fiber. <laughs> Fiber gummies, man. I, you know, that's that's just what I'm all about. Yeah, welcome to the show. Some of you are new. Many of you are new today. And I, I've gathered you all here today to discuss the PA week. Physician assistants. Some of my favorite f- people, I've said on the show before that my, my father was a physician assistant among the first in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. where I'm from. And uh, so I was like, you know, I have a little soft spot in my heart for, for physician assistants. And uh, we're lucky here at the University of Iowa to have a tip-top, tippity-top PA program, according to U.S. News and World Reports. We're tied for number one with a very famous program from down south, which will go unnamed. And our program has been... been pretty consistently at the top for many years, which is always nice. So hip, hip, hooray. But let's talk about the profession. Ariel and Hannah, your PAs, future PAs. What is it that you think makes PAs an important part of the healthcare mix for patients? That's a great question. I know. <laughs> it's like you're on the show for a reason. I made, I made that question. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. I think they're really important because as healthcare, obviously our knowledge in medicine just keeps growing. And so we're going to have more skilled doctors, like the many future we, doctors we have here, who are going to be absolute experts in their specific field. And they're going to be so focused in and be experts on all the fine details. But a lot of times you're going to have a patient who doesn't need someone who has all that fine granular detail. Oftentimes you're going to have times when the patient will be a case that maybe someone like us with our fewer years of education would still be able to manage correctly. And when it becomes a case that's more complicated than what we need, we have amazing colleagues like the future physicians we have here that we can refer to and work together with. And even apart from that, working directly with other physicians, just having more minds all working together on a patient is just going to improve both the patient's experience and their health outcomes. So let's talk about the PA scope of practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is it? How would you? I like want Hannah to give all the answers because that was like national radio worthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you're going to make my handshake even more. The PA oh, scope of practice, I think, is basically whatever like is allowed. Well, it's kind of combined, right? It, there's like state rules and regulations. And then it's also like what the relationship with your supervising or collaborating physician allows. I think ultimately, more more times than not, our scope of practice is pretty large. We're not going to be the head surgeon, but we can be first assist in surgeries. When you come into the doctor to see someone about a condition, we can diagnose you, we can give you medications for it, we can even do minor procedures to help treat it. There's a lot of things where I think the title physician assistant might make you assume that we can't diagnose, can't prescribe, but in fact, we're actually able to do all of those things. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that I was actually just talking to some of my med student colleagues earlier today, and one of them did Miko, the like the University of Iowa shadowing program over the summer, and mentioned that he was in a town where there were only I think two PAs that staffed like the clinic that mm-hmm. everyone went to. So obviously PAs like part of the PA profession is not independent practice, but there are many PAs who functionally do practice semi-independently and do kind of what like your local family doctor would do. Yeah. I mean, I, when you, when you talk about supervising physician, I think the, the, the thing that you imagine is that, you know, you, you go and see a patient and then you go and check with the doctor and like, is this okay? (laughs) And I don't think that's exactly what that 
means. No. It's it's like a nice resource in our back pocket if we specifically want to ask them something like, oh, this case is, I haven't actually seen this case before, you know, I've learned about it, but I'm not fully sure. Let me now go out and reach out. One of the faculty members here who is a very accomplished PA, his name's Mark Dubay, and he said that actually the person he usually goes to is his pharmacist hmm. if he's unsure about which medication to use, any sort of things like that. It's all about that collaboration. And you're really working collaboratively and not necessarily every little thing I do, I need to double check my supervising physician is okay with it. Yeah. Oftentimes they're not even in the same building. Yeah. What do you guys, what do you MDs learn about, you know, this role of your colleagues? When I think of physician assistants, I think about the, like kind of what Hannah was talking about, the increasing specialization of medicine. And then with that, the increasing like gap in primary and preventative care. And I think that physician assistants or associates could be a really key player in some of that, bridging those gaps in care. Yeah. So you just, uh, I think, jumped ahead a tiny bit in the discussion (laughs) because apparently there is a... There's a change coming to the title. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, so a couple months ago, actually I think it was almost a year ago now, basically they've been doing lots of studies. When you hear the name physician assistant, as you pointed out, when you hear assistant, you think you know they're directly in the same room with the physician. It's easy to confuse them with scribes who are very important, but they're there to write things down. And the name assistant makes you think something more along that line and less along the lines of people who can actually prescribe and diagnose on their own. And so the PA profession, ever since it's kind of existence over 50 years ago has been trying to figure out what to call ourselves. I mean, on the scale of things, 50 years isn't very long. Our program is the second oldest program, and we're just celebrating our 50th anniversary this year. So it's a new profession. There's lots of questions on what to call ourselves in order for our future patients or our current patients to know what do we even do. And so we've realized the name assistant can be very confusing, but at the same time, we don't want to change the acronym PA because that is what we're known by, and we don't want to make everyone have to relearn things. So I appreciate that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They were tossing around other acronyms too, which would have completely changed things up, and I personally am excited about what they decide to stick with. So it's still PA. It feels... Feels good. It feels right to me. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. It's a really important question, right, too, especially on a global scale, because a lot of my family members in like Central America hear physician assistant and they think they equate it to like medical assistant. And so there's a lot of confusion, especially outside of the United States, where PAs have a really kind of established scope, like what what they'll be able to do. And I think it would maybe open up open things up to a more more global opportunities too. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought that. Yeah, mm. along those lines, actually, in Spanish, the term for physician assistant is asociado medico, Ooh. which is oh, there you go, associate. There you go. I didn't know that. So yeah, I think it helps align our profession a little bit more with the terminology in other in other countries. Mm. So yes, it's officially in the process of being changed from assistant to associate. So physician associate is the new name for the AAPA organization. Ultimately, we will not be graduating with degrees in physician associate because it's going to take many, many years to go through the logistics of changing both the state and federal laws, as well as lots of other loops and jumps that have to be done. What's with all these laws? (laughs) Why do we have laws? (laughs) I hadn't even thought of the fact that it would take 
that much time to adjust. I was thinking it was a you know just merely a cultural shift. No, which is already a problem I or they a long term project. I thought they just didn't want to reprint everyone's name badges and change <laughs> assistant to. <laughs> That'd be a lot of badges. Yeah. <laughs> many new badges but we're ultimately probably not going to be using that name for many years probably like 10 years uh-huh. that's the estimation i've heard tossed around well, this so. is a little anticlimactic <laughs> <laughs> I, I will have to release this episode in 10 years <laughs> we're still excited for it so nice to say soon to be i also think people should just start using that phrase like like we can all start just using it yeah I was just going to say that, like, too. Like, always introduce the PAs you work with as, like, oh, my associate. Yeah. Yeah, but then yeah. they'll be like, well, I can't call myself that. <laughs> I know. Yes, you I, can. Honestly, I'm pro, like, not letting anyone know who you are when you walk in a room. Introduce yourself, but, like, don't, like, we don't. Just, you don't know, clarify. We are the, the medical team. Yeah, Hello. That's great. Me and my colleagues are here. Mm-hmm. To fix you. Maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> Attempt. <laughs> you, you know, uh. Hannah, you in particular told me that you didn't want to focus on this, and but I, but you know, like part of this <laughs> debate or part of this discussion has been, you know, the 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 debate about things like scope creep and oh my gosh, and, Dave, this um, is the second time we're going to talk about scope creep when I'm on here. I feel like Beginning you're just to think you have it out for me. I feel like you're just <laughs> you're just well, you know, when you're on here, I want to talk about PA stuff. Is it that obvious? I go on Reddit. um but i well i you know like i i would i would be remiss if i didn't if i didn't bring up this discussion and and as i've said in the past i i personally think it's hogwash you know i think you it doesn't your role after all isn't changing is it exactly it's the exact same things we've already been doing it's just a different name so that our patients will actually have a better idea of what we can do I'm I'm sorry, Ariel, that I'm so repetitive. <laughs> I'm I, you know along with fiber. As as I grow older, it becomes more and more important to me to repeat things I say <laughs> because they seem important to me. So I I'm, understand. I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not cool anymore. It oh. is important. I'm glad you brought it up. I don't know. Well, I you know like... how the TikTok algorithm works. So I'd say you're kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Sophie. No, it seems to me like a lot of like MDs just kind of have a stick up their ass and are super mad about all their student loans. That like this whole idea of scope creep was created because they just like want to distance themselves from every other advanced practice practitioner. When like in reality, I personally think it's more about standardization of like medical education and that can happen within an MD program, within PAs programs, within nurse practitioner programs as well. Well, and, and speaking of which, I mean, we here at the Carver College of Medicine are unique in one particular way with respect to the education that PAs and MDs get because they get exactly the same preclinical education. Exactly. You guys are in classes together. This is not common. In fact, I think we're the only program that does complete integration. There are others that do, you know, sort of partial integration. But even those, I'm not sure how many um, there are. How does that uh, affect you and your views of each other? I think from the MD side, like, like my PA peers are killing it. Like, they're, like, just killing it in our class. And just like that personal experience of you mean knowing. academically yes yes <laughs> i know that like when i graduate and i start practicing i'm gonna have a lot of faith in my pa colleagues because i 
saw them kill it right alongside <laughs> me. So like, like I trust them. And I, I think that's going to contribute to as time passes and like PAs get more integrated and finally the name changes, like eventually I think that stigma is going to disappear a bit and and we're going to become team members because like we, we were teammates in school. So yeah. I've always said if I could choose one person to be there when I need my life saved, it would be Ariel. Oh, <laughs> this has gotten deep. No, but for real. Like, no, and they, they have just so much clinical experience before having to enter into their program, too. It's like I all I did was like hold babies in the NICU. Like, I don't know anything about clinical medicine yet. And so there's just it's it's different, but they definitely are on par, if not above, you know, where we're at right now in our in our medicine journey. And I think, too, from the PA side, I mean, obviously, we're going to be working directly with physicians, too. And medical school is like, I feel like for people not in it, it's this just mysterious, scary thing <laughs> that we have no clue. Like, if I wasn't in this program, I would have no clue about the rigorous classes you are in, the intense boards that you guys are studying for, your rotations, how in-depth you'll be going in with all of your rotations. And I'm just going to have so much more faith in the physicians I work with in the future because I've seen just all the hard work that you guys are putting in and knowing we get to escape in another almost year and you guys are going to just be in it and keep learning and keep learning and keep learning yeah way to uh, take one of those away thank you for the reminder (laughs) i love thinking about it actually Um, you still have boards you still have pants don't worry yeah Yeah, pants is the i always get tripped up on this acronym p-a-n-c-e yeah not these kinds of pants yeah although you should wear pants when taking the pants or a skirt something Mm, you shouldn't be naked what does that stand for physician assistant national National. certification exam there you go so yeah like the 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 other the, the other thing the other difference i think in pas and mds that you mds probably love is for some reason less expensive to go to PA school <laughs> even here where it's integrated than it is to go to MD school. It only hurts me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I know no, it actually hurts me. <laughs> Doesn't when? not really hurts me. So the PAs, MD students get the summer off. PA students did all this ACLS motivational interviewing, learning all, more life skills over yeah, the summer. Yeah, between the first and second years. So right now, I taught the BLS course, but if if you go down, contact a PA. <laughs> <laughs> For real. It's just a milligram of epi, always. Just yeah. start yeah. with that. It's like a go circle, and you go around. And some fiber. Yeah. And some fiber. And that's, that's you're good. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so we pursue this. We're going to be in debt. Woo. PAs or MDs, and it all work out. But I think I'm it just will kind all of, work out. Money's <laughs> fake, actually, so I'm not too worried about it. Maybe I should be. No, that's so true. <laughs> like, that's good advice. It's so true. If I can defend why we're cheaper, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> I think what kind of helps, at least what they specifically told us when we started the program, was, hey, just so you know, in case any of the med students ask how much you pay in tuition, don't tell them. You do get paid less, but because. The different reasons is you guys ultimately are going to have just a slightly higher pay grade than we will, just by like just a factor of higher. maybe four or something more <laughs> times <laughs> more every year. Fair. It's fine. Yeah, but the gray hairs in residency, come on. <laughs> and also, we're just getting a master's degree where you guys are getting doctorates. 
so I was oh, actually I just wondering the other day what degree we were getting. I didn't know if it was, we were getting a doctor's or a master's degree. Yeah, I mean, there are programs, of course, to get your... Or there, there is a movement, I gather, to... I don't know. I, I, I do think of this as kind of creeping, but what do they call it? It's basically credential creep. Basically, like, we... Now everybody has to get a doctorate degree. I, you know, I think this has happened across academia and across industries where, you know, people are more and more required to get advanced degrees for jobs that they didn't have to get advanced degrees for. And, you know, right now, of course, all these PA doctorate degrees are, you know, optional. And I think they're sort of geared more towards people who want to go into academic medicine as as physician assistants. But yeah, like there has been, you know, sort of like when my father became a PA, it was basically, as I remember, you can correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you know the history, but as I remember it, it was he had just come home from Vietnam. He was a medic in Vietnam and it was sort of an effort to get to give these medics from Vietnam, you know, basically access to work in in healthcare. Exactly. And so, you know, you didn't have to have you basically you had a high school degree maybe and and then you had medic training in in the in a war zone. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, which I guess is an important bit of training when you think about it. But now you have to go to, you know, more school to to get a PA f- job and then maybe in the future as things these things go you know my, you might need more than a master's program I do think the credential creep is something that's very real and, and this is true every, this is true in every job well right? yeah well even just looking specifically at healthcare if you look at nurse practitioners physical therapists occupational therapists speech pathologists these are all doctorate degrees already yeah my, my wife is an audiologist and mm-hmm. she started with with a, a master's degree in audiology and now they um, now the degree is a doctorate of audiology. Exactly. And she so she had to go back and get that doctorate degree because essentially, as she whispered to me, it's all just marketing. <laughs> These patients want to see the doctor. And exactly. So, but a lot of those programs have the exact same number of semester hours, so exact same number of classes as PA programs, but we're still masters. So I definitely understand wanting the doctor title to be with the medical doctors or the DO doctors, because you guys are stereotypically, when you hear doctor, you think medical doctor, DO. However, now that all of these other professions are also getting that doctor title and also being called doctor, it kind of just goes back to the name change thing. When we're physician assistants with no doctor title, it's hard for patients to understand how we are able to diagnose and prescribe, because clearly... We're yeah. not like these other doctors, right. like the NPs, the o, the PTs. We're something more akin to the medical assistants or the nursing assistants. So I do think the scope is for credentials is very real. And I'm all for having a distinction between MDs and DOs versus everyone else. But I do think that PAs are going to probably have to join in with everyone else as far as NPs, PTs, OTs, pharmacists, just so that we're understood of being at the same level of mm-hmm. them in education as opposed to right now where it's easily misunderstood that we're lower. I mean, I think it would be pretty cool if like you're in the doctor's office and they're like, all right, the master will see you now. I mean, <laughs> that sounds cooler to me. Maybe we should all switch to masters. Like, <laughs> I do feel like calling someone master has a slightly different uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Thank you for the immunization master. May I'll, I have another? Yeah, <laughs> the guy gets, mm. 
Yeah. That that was the fan fiction we were talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think you make an important point though, Dave, about well, that's, like that's the, a new thing. <laughs> I'm changing my tune. No, but that you know, you were talking about your dad and his kind of background as a PA, and that is kind of the traditional like what the profession was created for was those people coming back from war, you know, having been a combat medic for X number of years and then being like, well, I can't like take the time to go to medical school. I have a family to feed. And so there's definitely, I think probably a, a slight concern or like at least like a demographic shift at this point where, you know, I feel like it's becoming such a popular Avenue that, it's, it's almost like, you know, we, Hannah and I at least, both made the choice to attend PA school as opposed to med school when we kind of could have done either. And so I think it is important to remember that, like, in making these these shifts to kind of a doctoral degree program and changing the, the demographics of classes so that it's, you know, more, looks more like a med school class, like full of young 20-somethings who are very high achieving and maybe have, you know, we do have clinical experience, but we only have a couple years of it. That That is kind of shifting what the profession looks like and maybe the idea of who it's meant for. And so, yeah, all that to say, I think the person, the people I would trust with my life the most are our classmates who are not in their 20s <laughs> yes. and who have had 10 plus years of health experience. Shortcoats, we love to hear from you, no matter what. It's about. So call us at 347-SHORT-CT with questions, shower thoughts, complaints about your situation, whatever you like. We'll talk about it on the show. So imagine for a moment that you've each just broken in to each other's secret caves of professional jewels. Okay. Got that picture in your head like you've just broke like I don't know like UMD students broke into the PA cave and the PA students broke in, broke into the MD oh cave right and you're looking around at the riches there there's more food with the PAs what <laughs> no 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 this is my grievance this is my grievance with the PAs the PA students here they have an office that always has food in it. I, this is Tom. <laughs> okay, this great. is Tom O'Shea. I have no doubt yeah. that this is Tom O'Shea's it's doing. He's so the good. Uh, who's, what, what's what's his title? He's like the uh, he's the coordinator basically of the the uh, the entire PA program. He's doing a really great job. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, to be fair, they often let me go with them to take the food. We so sneak you fine. plates all the time. They do yes. all the time because I ask for I ask for it. I. Ariel did it. offer to sneak some out to me yesterday, <laughs> oh, yeah. but I had already eaten. And for a, for a change, tragic. I was being a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My one grievance with the PAs is that they get a lot of free food. Mm. Free printing. Even, yeah, mm. also free yeah. printing. It's, it's so why did they secret. charge us? <laughs> they said you can pay it off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll make, it, we'll make a lot more money. And he's going to like flip the table in his sack soon. This is absurd. So yeah, what aspects of each other's professions would you steal for yourselves from these, from these caves of riches? Ooh. I actually sometimes wish I would have known more about what the PA profession entailed before applying for medical school, preparing for the application. And the reason I'm saying this is because their timeline is a lot shorter, which is nice, you know? Sometimes, you know, doing school and then having to look forward to all those years of residency is really difficult, so... 
yeah. I don't know, in the moments when I'm the most tired and feel beaten down by our education, then I'm like, oh, the, the light at cool. the end of the tunnel will be, be a bit yeah. a bit closer. It'd be yeah. really nice to yeah. get out sooner. Yeah. <laughs> there actually is a transfer is, option, yeah. and I've looked into it. <laughs> <laughs> she wants the food in the they office. By the end of the podcast, we will have six PAs. Exactly. <laughs> I'm fine with this. I'm more than happy. Come to the dark side. <laughs> no, I, so personally, I'm incredibly nervous about making a decision on a specialty. I have a friend who just graduated PA school and she's like, do I work in neurosurgery or family med? I have offers in either. And I'm like, I don't get that option. Like if I want to be a neurosurgeon, I have to just say I will never stop educating myself and then be in attending for a week and die. <laughs> yeah, like like Tom, <laughs> Tom, Tom O'Shea, again, was telling us in a meeting the other day, and I didn't fully, I guess I knew this, but I didn't fully like process it. Like these guys, these MD students, they, they have to choose what they're going to do ostensibly for the rest of their lives. Sure, they could go back and change their minds, but the process of doing that is, you know, perhaps unnecessarily complicated. Whereas the PAs can can uh, I don't know they can just they can just move around because they're because your education I guess because your expertise is more general yes we're technically our title is like general practitioner yeah and so really we get trained kind of on the job when we're hired it's expected that they'll give us time maybe work with a supervising physician or even another PA who's kind of worked in there enough and kind of get our footing and then like we said I we I will always have my resources of incredible physicians that I will be be my supervising physicians, be a colleagues, that whenever things are beyond what I understand, I can go to them. And that's something I love, is I don't trust myself <laughs> a lot of the time. And just knowing I have that nice it's safety er- I feel net, like it's early to trust yourself. I mean, it's it's okay if you don't. Yeah, but when it comes Someday down to like, those hard like, decisions and stuff, I just love that I have other resources to help me out. Not being that terminal endpoint of care. That um, can be in the MD cave, and I will happily leave that there. But I do love how recognizable your profession is. You can say you're a medical student, and people can be rightfully impressed with how hard you're working and how much work you've put into getting there, how much work you're doing now, and how much work you're going to be doing in the future. And people can easily understand that. If I say I'm a PA student, 90% of the time I get kind of a blank stare when people are trying to figure out and did they have a school for personal assistance in Hollywood is that <laughs> I haven't heard of that but it's, it's possible it's I'm actually only in medical school for the clout yeah. <laughs> fair it's reasonable yeah that's really valid although I always tell people that I think being a medical student is a giant red flag as, said, <laughs> as a medical student so that's my mantra I haven't heard of too many gems that the PAs want to steal from the steal our money yeah I've been trying to think of one this whole time and kind of refuted all of my own answers <laughs> in my head but I mean like good sides and and bad sides to maybe the whole generalist versus specialist thing I personally am glad that we're generalists but I there is maybe something to be said for I think there are some PAs who like in like their mid or late career stages are like well I've been working in like neurosurgery for example for 12 years now and I don't really see myself changing it feels like yeah that's a that's a great thing like I could change all the time but I can tell you that you know once you you know once you've spent a certain number of years in a profession at least it feels much harder 
to ch- to switch gears, and I right. think that's probably yeah. true of PAs. As, as I mean, I have right. all the food and options in the world, and I still have two eggs and toast every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so for our recertification exams, the they're called the PANRE, PA National Recertification Exam. But we have to take that I'm every work on their acronyms. Ten. Yeah. <laughs> the pants was very straight to it. We understood it. You throw the R in, and people just get confused. Yeah, they should just call it pants two. Pants too. I like that. Yeah. 2.0. Yeah. So yeah, we have to take those every 10 years. And to my knowledge, they're a general, like a generalist exam. So they're kind of similar to the pants, like testing on everything in medicine. Oh, so if you've been focusing yeah. your career in a certain area. Right. Which is, so like if you're, a, I think to my, you, people can correct me if I'm wrong, MD students, but so medical doctors, like once you specialize, that's what your boards are in for the rest of your life I guess I hope so I I think it's that and then of course like the things we can't miss ever that are important to other specialties (laughs) I mean I think you can go back I know that my mom wants to she's been practicing as a psychiatrist for a long time and she wants to like pursue a fellowship now and it's been like a pretty long time and I think that barrier still exists whether like I don't know how much of it is like mental and how much of it is like an actual recertification barrier but it's definitely not easy to you know it's also not easy to take that pay cut attending to a fellowship salary yeah that too sorry on a personal level I'm just curious what does she want to like subspecialize on she's into geriatrics a lot oh (laughs) that's even better you guys would be besties Um, okay we'll talk more you and my mom (laughs) but yes maybe that's a a gem to take from the MD side is like if I do end up specializing in something for a while and kind of I'm like well no offense to like ENT or something, but I don't want to do board exam questions on ENT stuff after being in neurosurgery for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I, that would kind of suck. So, yeah, I guess having a different recertification board exam. If you flash forward to us in 11 years from now, just know that we'll be very panicked, just mass buying books, trying to cram for yet another test. Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Thank you. Well, let's play a game. I'm going to call General Hayes because I'm hazing you a little bit doing this. <laughs> Here are I've, I've given you some bits of paper with some information about your roles in this improv game. Above all else, at all times, you are to stay in character. You are not to break character for any reason, even if you have no idea why or what's going on. As we go through, I may give you some stage directions. And when we're done with the scene, we're gonna, you're going to try to guess what each other's roles involve. Okay. Are we ready? Of course we are. <laughs> All right. Dr. Ariel, P.A. Chandler. And by the way, I've traded all of y'all's roles just for just for kicks. Dr. Ariel, P.A. Chandler, and med student Hend are standing in the hallway outside the patient's room discussing things that people on rounds discuss before entering the patient's room. Begin. Wonderful weather we're having. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on our medical students' presentations. <laughs> yeah. So my patient is here for back pain. Listeners, I'll break in here to tell you that Hind is the medical student on this team. Somehow, she got into medical school even though she's got a side hustle as a TikTok influencer. 
Uh, she's always being secretly filmed, which is important because her most recent sponsorship is for a brand of antifungal cream. There's this one treatment I heard about actually when watching Real Housewives last night. <laughs> it was a commercial and there's this foot cream. Well, back in my day, we didn't have commercials. Ariel is playing an attending physician. She's worked very hard to get where she is today and she does not suffer fools gladly, taking any opportunity to firmly educate those around her. She does, however, speak mainly in cliches. Oh. I don't know if that's reliable information. Well, I mean, this one looked pretty convincing, so it's actually for antifungal cream, but I think it would help with her pain. I think my perspective on the issue, I went in with our med student here, and alternative therapies that have been up on my PubMed recently are some like aromatherapy. Chandler is a physician associate. He is so laid back, it's annoying. He has a side hustle making scented candles, which he tries to sell to his colleagues and patients at every opportunity. He's not very good at making scented candles. They all smell horribly, even to him. But he is determined to make his money back. That might be helpful. Yeah, I mean, they smell pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that aromatherapy just sounds as fake as my grandma's hair. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't know. I think pain is a state of mind. Oh, well, does your grandma need some hair treatment? Because I've heard antifungals are pretty good for that. (laughs) No, I think my grandma's just a pain in the butt. Anyway, (laughs) back to the patient. Yeah. So what does the patient have? I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. She has back. (laughs) That's pretty accurate. She actually has pretty bad back pain. Yeah. We got to figure out what it is. What's what's behind that? Maybe dripping some candle oil on the back will just soothe that. Or or fungal cream. <laughs> we could have a whole. What, what do you think, Doctor Ariel? I'm thinking that I wish I could have a new PA and med student. This is just uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg of my problems. Honestly, do you need some antifungal cream? <laughs> smell goods. After discussing for a little while. They decide to go inside the patient's room, where they find Shauna waiting for them along with nurse Sophie. Hi. Okay. So we're here to fix you. You have, you have foot pain? Did nobody explain to you that the patient has back pain? Sophie is a nurse who openly despises Dr. Ariel. Her constant snarky behavior towards the doctor is because the doctor hates cats and she can't abide by people who don't like cats. Her own cat, Mr. Fuzzy, after all, is an adorable floof and she enjoys showing photos of him on her phone. I'm sorry, it's just... I thought you were just rounding on the patient right before you walked in. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. You're the the patient's sister? I'm the nurse. (laughs) In that case, would you mind getting us some water? My throat's a little parched. My job is to take care of the patient, actually, and I've been really busy doing that since you haven't been around lately, so. Well, you know, I just we just got our wheels stuck in the mud here. We're running pretty behind today, so we'll, we can deal with your patient's neck pain today. It's and, back uh, pain, once again. Okay, back pain, sorry. It's really 
stuffed up in my ears. It's like there's a thunderstorm happening in there. Anyway, so your patient's back pain. Sorry, we'll take comments from you later. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So my med student, actually, I'm going to introduce them. Their name is Hannah. And my PA, Connor. (laughs) I think your ears are Um, pretty clogged, and I've got a candle for that. (laughs) So actually, my handle is at Hind. Follow me on TikTok or wherever you get your media. So just letting you know that. They're letting anyone. There's no Hannah in there. Kids these days. Hey, I'm the patient. Do you... Can I tell you what's happening? Shauna is a patient in a hospital due to a mystery illness in which her mouth is slowly disappearing. In fact, during her encounter with the medical staff, it is continually shrinking. (sighs) Sure, well, I guess we got, you know, a lickety split of the second here. So, thing is, you've all been talking about various pains. I don't have any of those. I don't know what I have, though. Oh, it's been hard to talk lately, progressively. Do with that what you will. Mm. So you're saying talking. Patients always say that. Yeah. You're saying talking is like as hard as a piece of toffee brittle. That's what you're saying? No. That's not what the patient said at all. The only Actually. person in this room I trust is the nurse, to be clear. Yes. Okay. Would you like a candle to decongest you? Or some fungal cream? Regrettably, the candle actually would add to the ambiance, but my problem is that I am having a tough time talking. It's been getting very bad lately. If you slip me a 10, I can help. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I you sound like you're kind of gilding the lily here with your symptoms. Are you sure? It's, I don't, what is gilding it's hard the lily to talk. <laughs> Are you just, maybe you're just not trying hard enough. You know, doctors like you are the reason why we lose patients in this hospital every day. Whoa, 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 whoa. I will not suffer back talk from someone who only went to school for two to four to maybe more than that years. On the subject of back talk, talking is very hard for me. Would you like to look at some pictures of my cat? (laughs) Sure. That might uh, okay. Well, this sounds fun. like a problem as old as time. I think what we're going to do here is send you off to a pain specialist. Maybe. Honestly, mm. your insurance probably won't clear mm. it, and I don't really believe Suddenly. that you have pain. Suddenly, suddenly the door you. flies open, and Hannah rushes into the room, the janitor. I take my broom, and I throw it at Dr. Ariel. Hannah is a janitor at the hospital, but she always wanted to be a PA, and she's secretly been learning from the medical professionals around her. Today, she's finally decided to let the world in on her secret by helping them with their jobs. Wait, wait. Rude. I have been Are studying. You the nurse? No, I have been studying the Nether's Anatomy book, and I think that there is an element of dysarthria potentially from a cranial nerve nine complication. Hmm. You know, I think I actually saw something on TikTok about that. Follow me at Hind. You know what I think would really, really work for that? <gasps> Could a I candle. get a, a, a coupon code for that? Actually, I've been thinking about it. Is there any sort of like... Yeah, like there's this antifungal or? cream you can get at your local Walgreens. I think it'll help with the nerve uh, damage. Ooh. You just rub it on your skin and, and your nerves regrow and, and, I, and I, you can talk. 
I've only been reading the book. That's about as far as I've gotten. But I, I really think the sounds like the the, the thing. I, I'm not quite sure where the cranium is, but it's it sounds like from the book that this is like a cranial nerve nine thing. Mm. So. Doctor, do you want to weigh in at all? This has gone to hell in a handbasket. I just don't have time for this. I'm I'm sorry. I have protected time for the next 10 hours of the day. <laughs> I know it's only 9 a.m., but I'm really busy today. So, yeah, janitor, you know, you know what? You should nurse, just, you you should just go. Over. No, you're not helping anyone anyway. This okay. is the worst hospital I've ever been to. <laughs> okay. Well, this will be a lovely... Help me. You can, she, she can talk. She can talk. She can talk. It was my candles. I'm not cured. It's hard to talk still. This will be billed as a complex level four visit. Do expect a $3,000 I will never pay this money. Okay, thank you for your time. (laughs) Goodbye. I guess and scene. (laughs) That was the worst possible uh, healthcare situation I could think of. I'm not sure how you're going to guess what each other's roles were, but I'll give you partial credit for sure. I think Hind may have had something to do with antifungal cream. Maybe. I've been a TikTok influencer med student who was selling cream. Hannah was Goodwill Hunting. From Goodwill Hunting. I mean, kind of. It was. I kind of exaggerated, I guess. I was just a janitor who was wanting to be a PA. I was a patient and I'll tell you what I had. I did a bad job showing, I'm sorry. My mouth was slowly disappearing. Oh. <laughs> yes. We had a magical situation. Yes. And I uh, never said it would be real. <laughs> it wasn't. So that's why I was mumbling and groaning at you. And and what was uh what was Sophie's deal? I think a very normal, educated nurse doing her job well. I love this. I was like, that is every nurse I've worked with. Yeah. I did healthcare before med school, yeah. so I was like, love what you have just said. So I was a nurse that openly despises Dr. Ariel because <laughs> she hates cats. We, we didn't oh, get to the cats. see pictures of my cats. We didn't okay. get to the cats thing, well, but that's you fine. Did bring up did say you did I did. I tried oh. to show the patient a picture of my cat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was more helpful than anything that Dr. Ariel did. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Ariel, was, you did you did a really good job in whatever assignment Thank was. You. Can you tell I've worked with a lot of doctors? <laughs> <laughs> what was Chandler's thing? Okay, so you were a PA. Oh, you kept talking about candles. So you're like a, a candling, oh, like a homeopathic or naturopathic PA. I, Functional so, medicine PA. I had to sell. I spent a lot of money to make candles. Um, oh my God. And they all smell bad. Oh, and you I were was, a part of an MLM? You were literally an MLM PA. <laughs> wow, this is Pyramid so realistic. Scheme, yes, PA? Yeah. Wow. Candle, I was. Pyramid scheme? But I was, I was I prepared to. I had. Uh, was going to call it like deep slumber and it was going to be a candle that smells like death. (laughs) Yeah. Part of, part of the instructions, I'm not sure that I, that, that it came out in the time that we gave it, but they, they were supposed to be really incredibly bad smelling. Although that wasn't, that wasn't Chandler's intention in me. No. Now he was stuck with a bunch of candles that he couldn't sell, but really needed to, because he spent a lot of money on it. What was Ariel's Situation. I don't know if you had hearing loss or if you were just being the worst or a mixture. Classic doctor. <laughs> I may have given Ariel the hardest a little so one. I was in attending that didn't suffer fools and uneducated people, but also I was supposed to talk in like cliches all the time. Uh, Is that what you said? The Lily thing? 
the so like lily. It, like every like weird metaphor or like <laughs> phrase i came up with like idiom or axiom was just like were any of them like real cliches because i mean as gilding the lily is real oh, that's like that one a, yeah the as gilding the lily is what like you're overdoing fake is my it. grandma's hair no, literally. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing sometimes ariel real ariel does say things yeah that are like that so i was like is this normal <laughs> <laughs> our midwestern yes. self so understand this californian Sorry, well that's our show ariel hannah sophie chandler hind shauna thank you for being on the show with me today Thank you. Thank, thank you. you thank you. And what kind of trash monster would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us part of your week? If you're new here and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever Pine Podcasts are available, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. I produce this week's show, and thank you to this week's editor, Angela Mahoney. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Hitler saying don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week. Hannah is a janitor at the hospital, but she always wanted to be a PA, and she's secretly been learning from the medical professionals around her. Today, she's finally decided to let the world in on her secret by helping them with their jobs. Hi, short coats. Look. Life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need and so i'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use but the bottom line is that for what it's worth i see you i know you're out there i wish i could do more maybe i can in ways that i don't understand yet or know about but i see you and i'm glad you're here and other people are too This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com.